1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johanna, and & Cabin. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive
2: Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Looking ahead to the next couple of hours, we're running around the house with friends of ours and chatting to them about the great reopening. And we're covering areas such as travel, circus, entertainment and more besides. I have my soundtrack from Top Gun for you. Natalie Kelly's back with us from Draw Hotted Dolls. Yes, they've done it again. Wonderful gesture and more besides. I have your two on Tuesday. Yes, the song that made number two, but couldn't make it to number one. And I have a little giveaway as well. But I'm starting the show today, as I've done most Tuesdays for almost two years. Now, would you believe I spoke to Professor Paul Miner first? I was listening back this morning on the 7th of April 2020, and it was so different, the times they were. And here we are opening up again almost two years later and I'm delighted to welcome back to the to welcome him back to the show today. Paul, good to have you with us.
0: Good afternoon, Jerry, how are
2: you? I'm really good. Well I'm upbeat and that voice of yours sounds upbeat too. But Paul, I suppose We were caught a little on the hop, I have to say. Even myself listening to Michal on Friday night, despite all the rumours about how far he went, and you'll hear people saying, oh, I'd have been a bit more cautious. I think they've gone too fast too soon. Paul, what's the story? What's your take on this?
0: I think it probably caught people by surprise in terms of that, that all of the restrictions were basically lifted overnight, and nobody was expecting that. I think the reason why we've ended up in this situation is mostly because of the Omicron variant. So... A couple of different features associated with that that I think has led us to where we are at the moment. So first of all, in terms of how transmissible uh, it is. So a couple of weeks ago, Tony mentioned that during that week it was estimated there was about a half a million people infected by the virus. That was within one week. So over the last six, seven weeks we're probably looking where realistically you could be looking at maybe half the population having been infected with the Omicron. So the first thing that was saying was it transmits so so efficiently and even with the the restrictions that were in place, they were probably very ineffective in terms of being able to curtail the transmission of the virus. So, first of all, this is a variant that's very, very difficult to control. But secondly, despite these very high numbers, the numbers didn't translate to anywhere near the same extent as they had in previous waves. And there's two reasons for that. One was the Omicron variant itself is milder. And the reason why it's milder, there's about six or seven different lab studies now showing this variant is very good at infecting cells in our upper respiratory system, and that's what gives rise to the typical symptoms associated um, and the, mild, the symptoms associated with milder disease. But it's not very good at infecting cells in the lower respiratory system in our lungs. That's what typically causes serious illness and hospitalisation and conditions like pneumonia. And then the second reason why the impact has not been, as we've seen in previous waves, is because of the level of immunity we have in the population. And there's two things responsible for that. First of all, the vaccination program. The vaccination program has been so, so successful, including the, the booster program. Um, and that, that's one of the considerations to why we have so much immunity, but also because, especially over the last number of weeks, so many people have been infected by the virus. And again, that generates protective immunity as well. So we now have this population immunity that may not protect us from getting infected, but if we are infected, it's very effective with respect to protecting us from serious illness. And for that reason, those really high numbers, and we continue to see high numbers of infections, but not translating into very high rates of hospitalisation. I think then the decision was made that since it's so difficult to control transmission of the virus, and yet it's not translating into a situation that is putting the healthcare system at risk, I think the decision was then made that if the restrictions have been very ineffective, well, we, we will remove them. So that would be sort of my mm. my sense of what, what is happening um, and the fact that we're not seeing the serious consequences that we were seeing. I think that's one of the main considerations that has led us to where we are today.
2: Your eminent colleague Luke O'Neill is out this morning uh, welcoming the opening up as well and looking forward, but with a caveat, he doesn't believe, you know, we hear this word, it's endemic now. He's saying, doesn't believe that at the moment. And, you know, there's no uh, chance that we can say we're by this time completely, he says, and that there mightn't be a variant of concern in the future.
0: Yeah, I think there will be other variants, for we know... probably for sure at this stage, Jerry, is that the virus is not going to disappear. We're not going to eliminate or eradicate it. Uh, and it's going to circulate and circulate in various forms. And every time we're infected by the virus, as it replicates, there's a possibility that the virus will have mutations. And for most of these mutations, they're damaging to the virus. So the virus can no longer infect us. And we never see those variants. But occasionally, this is a random process. There are mutations that lead to variants. That gives that variant an advantage, an advantage in terms of being able to transmit much better than present, presently circulating variants. And because it transmits better, then that becomes the dominant variant. With respect to more pertinent question then is with respect to any new variants, is it possible that they become more virulent and more cause more severe disease? But again, that's quite a random process. So in terms of from the, in terms of the virus replicating and its success in replicating, it doesn't really matter to the virus when it infects, when it replicates and it's then transmitted on to another person. It doesn't matter really what happens to that person who's already infected to three, four weeks down down the road. So it doesn't matter if that person dies or not in terms of the virus being successful with respect to replicating. It so happens with the Omicron that it underwent so many different mutations. That was very good in terms of evading the antibodies that we generate as part of our immune response. But as part of those changes, then, it's very ineffective with respect to infecting cells down in a lower respiratory system. And because of that, it causes less severe disease. Now, it's not a guarantee that future variants will continue to be as as, uh, less severe as is the case with Omicron. So that's quite a random process. But what we do have that we didn't have back in March 2020 we have this wall of immunity now that, by either by having been exposed to the Omicron or by having been vaccinated, we've most of us have seen this virus a part of the virus in the, in the form of the spike protein. We've seen this before, and even though it may be able to bypass our antibodies and be able to infect our cells, it'll be very difficult for to bypass that other part of our immune response, which is mediated by T cells. They're the cells that. Protect that stops us, if we're infected, stops us from getting sick because they're going to get rid of cells that are infected by the virus. And in my view, it's going to be very difficult for a variant to arise to totally bypass that second arm of immunity. So I'd be quite hopeful going forward that even with new variants, I think the vaccines will stand up as they have been standing up very well against the virus in terms of protecting against serious illness.
2: That's really good to hear and a lot of your words there certainly resonate with me as I listened back to our first conversation earlier today on the 7th of April 2020 and I just want you to listen to a short clip for, from it. Here you are Paul back then.
0: Because there's so little immunity within the system this virus will still be simmering there in the population so that when you lift the restrictions you're probably going to get you know, a second peak at some stage. Now, you're hoping that some of the trials in terms of antivirals work. You're obviously trying to get that out to a stage where we have a vaccine to give you protection against a viral infection in the first place.
2: Yes, Paul, those prophetic words there, a wave at least, and we've had a number. And when you think of the world we were in there, you were hoping that, you know, the antivirals, the vaccine would emerge. My God, we've come a long way.
0: Yeah, we've come a long way, especially with respect to the vaccines. So we have a number of vaccines now that work really, really effectively. Uh, the antivirals were a little bit slower. Uh, the approach that was taken initially was to try to repurpose some of the antivirals that are already being developed and assess if they could produce antiviral activity against the SARS coronavirus too. And Unfortunately, most of them did not work. Those Those trials failed. But again, that's looking even more positive now as we speak. There's a couple of antiviral drugs that will be coming on stream in the coming weeks. One that looks very effective is from Pfizer, a drug called Paxlovid. This was the first drug that was actually actively designed to specifically target the protein, the SARS coronavirus 2. And that seems to be very effective with respect to protecting up to 90% from hospitalisation in those infected cases that have an increased risk of developing a severe COVID. So that's in combination with how affected the vaccines are, I think gives, should give us really good protection going forward.
2: When we sit here today, and hopefully the worst of this is behind us, and the government are going to examine how They did. You know, they're going to look inwards on themselves and see, how did we perform? How did we really deal with this? What were the positive points, the good ones? Where did we not really, you know, hit the mark? And, And how can we do better in the future? Today, Paul, as you look back and look forward, a couple of points perhaps from you. What should we do for future proofing if another virus was to come along, if this were to flare up again? Besides, you know, we all know, you know, our ICUs, our hospital capacity. God, we have to look at that, number one. What else? I think one
0: of the things we probably failed at, especially early on, Jerry, was we failed to protect our most vulnerable. Um, So if you look at early on, and even back when that clip was taken, we were going through a time at that stage when, you know, in terms of care homes, uh, the fatality rate, you know, infections were very common. And we ended up, and especially I think when you look back and when we do analyse, I think it is important to analyse in terms of learning from our mistakes, but some of the errors, for example, were in terms of moving patients from hospitals into care homes and again, probably introducing some infection into those settings. And again, they were basically defenceless. I think very early on, we had very few resources, for example, in terms of PPE. Our testing infrastructure wasn't there, so it almost had to be built from scratch So, some of those infrastructures, you know, certainly we can improve on. But I think looking at the most vulnerable and trying to protect the most vulnerable, and one of the things from this virus was that it it did show some selectivity in terms of of causing severe disease, especially with respect to the age gradient, where older people were much more susceptible in terms of developing severe disease. And at least early on, I think we failed. We failed in terms of protecting older people. And if you look at the age and many of the people who died as part of what 6,000 people who've died during the pandemic in Ireland, that's something that we've probably, you know, we, we failed at. I think some of the other aspects that we spoke about many times in terms of testing, testing regimens, embracing technology, some of those we we embraced but very late in the day, you know, for example, antigen testing that is so commonly used now, like there, was, there seemed to be quite a strong resistance to using them and yet now they're at the core of public health in terms of trying to deal with this infection. So I think some of those decisions could have been made much much earlier and probably would have helped. So I think it is useful it is useful to look back and look at the things. Many of the things we got right, I think a lot of people, organizations um really stood up and early on especially that sense of community and people helping each other. I think that was enormously helpful uh, and positive. But it is important to figure out, you know, things that we could have gone cost done better some mistakes that we have made so that we are faced with another pandemic and whether it be by virus whether it be from some bacteria developed because of antimicrobial resistance that we're in a better place in terms of being able to deal with this
2: terrific analysis may i say paul and just before we finish today um You know, the vaccination rates have been uh, outstanding uh, as a nation. The numbers, everybody getting the first, second and the booster jabs. There's a danger now that people who haven't got the booster will say, oh, well, look, we're over this at this stage. And of course, you have people who wouldn't take the jab under any circumstances saying, ha ha, weren't we right all the long? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah.
0: I think, Kerry, all, all you need to do there is sort of look at comparisons. If you look at the fatality rate here, the case fatality rate in, in Ireland, it's quite low relative to other countries. For example, if you compare a fatality rate relative to the US, for example, it's much lower. Mm. And it's not a coincidence that, it's due, that we here our vaccination rates are very high compared to, for example, countries like the US. So the vaccination absolutely reduces the severity of the disease caused by this virus. So Pandemics come and go, and the reason in the absence of vaccines previously, the reason why pandemics would temper and it's not situation that viruses would disappear, it was because we would build up a wall of immunity. Unfortunately, prior to vaccines, that wall of immunity was built up by being infected by the virus or bacteria or whatever. In this case, thankfully, we were able to, at quite an early stage, develop vaccines. So to protect a lot of people, so that when they actually were infected by the virus, they already had this prior protection and that saved a lot of people. And, and I would absolutely encourage people to get vaccinated, boosted as well. I think going forward, we'll probably be looking at more target boosting in vulnerable populations as opposed to mass boosting. But certainly those who are thinking about getting a booster and their third uh, vaccine, certainly, I certainly would encourage that because we know that it will give you some initial protection against getting infected. Not completely, but it will for a short uh, period of time for most people. But importantly, it also gives, in, improves and enhances that immunity that if you are infected, will clear the virus more quickly and prevent you from getting seriously ill. So that is one of the reasons why. The reason why we're coming out of this pandemic is because of immunity, it's because of that wall of immunity that we've built up. Some people have gained that immunity by having been infected by the virus, but most of us, thankfully, by being vaccinated, and that is what has got us out of this pandemic. And that is what will continue to give us protection going forward. A
2: couple of things just coming in from listeners. Uh, there must be a flu virus out there, somebody says, because I know somebody who have flu-like symptoms. Antigen tests are negative. There is a flu, isn't there? There is a flu going there, about. There,
0: there, 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 there is a flu, yeah. And there's been cases of flu uh, detected, unlike uh, last year when there was little or no flu detected. Um, And I think as we begin to open up and for some of the other viruses, maybe some of the restrictions that were in place that don't transmit as well as the SARS coronavirus too, some of those restrictions, probably almost completely blocked transmission of the virus. But as we open up society, those viruses will appear again. I think we have to expect that going forward when we look into the winter months now, including with COVID, I think you probably will see surges and peaks of that again in the winter months because and we've spoken about it many times in terms of the seasonal nature of the virus, and I think you mentioned as well with respect to building up capacity in the health system. I think this is just something we need to be aware of going forward. That this is an additional burden, an additional respiratory virus now that we have to cope with, and in terms of the consequences for the health system, we need to be aware of that, and prepare for that.
2: Paul, uh, as usual, uh, superb. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I won't say goodbye because Louise warns me, never say goodbye to Paul Minder because you <laughs> never know what will happen. No, I won't indeed because you're, I know you're always there for us. But I do appreciate since April 2020, you've always been on the end of the phone, always so good to us. And I know uh, my listeners really love when you speak to them on Late Lunch. Thank you so much again, Paul.
0: Very, you're very welcome. Anytime.
2: Take care of yourself. Professor Paul Moyner there, Head of the Department of Biology, Director of the Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. It's time for your two on Tuesday. Yes, each Tuesday on Late Lunch. Round about this time, give or take a few minutes, we play for you a song that didn't make number one in the charts, was there, stuck at number two, couldn't make it to the top spot and many people would say, oh that was a number one for many years ago or recent years or whatever. Anyway, today I return to nineteen seventy. 79 and a song that was at number two for four weeks in the UK singles charts written on his way back from Belfast on a flight to the UK about the British in Ireland Elvis Costello
0: don't start me talking.
2: I could talk You're two on Tuesday, Oliver, Oliver's Army from Elvis Costello. And I know uh, Mr. Costello himself recently asked radio stations not to play that song. Sorry, Oliver. Um, sorry, Elvis. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, we played it today because it was a number two that didn't make number one in the charts. And he doesn't want to play it because of a phrase in the song there. And, you know... Anyway, it says something and it means something and it's there and it's history and uh, I'm delighted to play it on the show this afternoon. But Louise Walsh, as you always come in at this point, the alternative, the song that kept Oliver's Army off number one. Before we let them hear it, do you like it? The real number
1: one? Yes. Yeah, I do. I think, it. yeah.
2: Okay, let's have it. This is the song that kept Oliver's Army from making number one. Oh, uh, yeah. I have to go along with you this week and no say comparison. it's a very good number one, too. Mm. It really is. Now, I love Oliver's Army. I have to say, I love the song, but it's a really good one that. Kept it off the top spot. It sat at number two for four weeks in the charts and couldn't make it there. And there were a few great number ones around that time. Blondie was there, then I Will Survive, Gloria Gaynor Mm. went to number one. It's a big year, you know. So they jump over Oliver's Army. Uh, Did he stay at number two? He stayed at number two for four weeks, but that was the song that primarily kept it off the top spot there. Mm. And I do like it, I have to say. I do like it. I really, really do.
1: Definitely. good decision by the <laughs> record buyers <laughs> but,
2: at the time. Well, that's Yes, they voted with their pockets and they're buying in the record stores around the UK and Ireland for sure on that one. We'll bring another number two next Tuesday on the show that didn't quite make it to top spot. Love the picture that just come in from Rose by WhatsApp of Primrose's in bloom as she goes on her walk yesterday and she takes the picture and sends it to me. Thanks so much, Rose. You've made my day. You've brightened the day for us. Bingo's back on LMF. Him. I can tell you Sandra Finnegan's going to be back as well from Globe Travel and she's on the line hello again Sandra Hi Jerry. good to talk to you Oh, great to talk to you too well tell me from a staff and management and morale point of view it has to be all good in Globe Travel we're buzzing Jerry. absolutely <laughs> buzzing great it's
1: absolutely great now we would probably be killing each other by Friday but yeah
2: it's good <laughs> oh my god it's been quiet for too long and you've had to duck and dive haven't you with people oh, it's we been, really
1: really have it's yeah. been a a disastrous two years but we're still standing we're still here we've got our customers through it and where the doors are open to look after people for 2022 and beyond
2: well i hear them on the phones there in the background what's it been like since the announcement what's it like since yesterday since the week began
1: ah uh, it's been great Cherry. you know everyone coming in the door is you know they, they people have been missing their holidays you know and they're coming in now with little bucket list dreams for all the times that we were locked up Uh, During lockdown. Um, You know, the adventures are getting more exciting. It's not just the the week in Spain or the week in Portugal. Um, You know, people are are anxious to do their bucket list holidays, Mm -hmm. whether it's cruising, whether it's a, a train journey through the Rockies. You know, holidays in Thailand—it's a bit of everything. The Maldives, you name it, Cherry, and it's out there.
2: (laughs) Great. You see, there's been plenty of time to dream of this, and now is the time to make it a reality. What about Sandra? I was just thinking of people who had to defer, maybe once or twice, that they had something booked with you. What's the story there?
1: Well, you should see some of our files, Jerry. My God, it, we don't even know what year we're in. They started at 2021, 20, mm. and now you're in on 2022. And people who had vouchers, they rolled them over. They maybe changed the destination. They maybe enhanced the type of holiday they were originally going to go on and all of a sudden you maybe had a booking with an infant who now is a child running yes. around the place you know mm-hmm. so lots of different options the tour operators have been amazing um, I'm blessed with the staff here they've been great working through everything and uh, we really haven't let anybody down.
2: That's great and that's uh, good to know that if you have boot or had to change or whatever just get in and talk to Sandra and the crew in Globe Travel and your local travel agent wherever that may be they are Absolutely. there to, to help you. Now here's the the, the big uh, conundrum I just saw a lot of people posting yesterday and commenting on this what about the cost of flights accommodation packages what are we looking at?
1: Um, certainly you know last week if you if you were in at the beginning of January there was certainly better value there there's still great value to be had it just depends on the whether it's high season or not. Uh, Erlingus and Ryanair did have sales and surprisingly enough their sales finished last night Um but with new routes and new destinations there's more confidence growing in the market there's more routes coming back on board and um, there's still de- great deals to be had Jerry so it's not too late in the day but like most of the options you can book it on a on a deposit some as low as 50 euros up to maybe 200 euros and get that holiday locked in and get the price guaranteed
2: mm, and availability out in the hot spots portugal spain yeah, there's south of the france italy yes, plenty yes? yes
1: Still plenty of availability there. We're, we're just starting to come through the tunnel.
2: Now, uh, a question for you already from a listener. Uh, I'm intending booking and going on holidays this year. Would you just ask Sandra Jerry for me about children and vaccination status? What's the story there? Does she know?
1: Okay, it just depends on the destination. Every destination has a different regulation. Uh, the majority of the destinations throughout Europe it's over the age of 12 but this is an evolving situation. Every day is a new restriction or a new, and in some cases, restrictions being lifted. For example, today in the UK, they've pulled away from um, mandatory testing on arrival back in the UK, and that was just lifted this morning, and that's for vaccinated passengers. Uh, for unvaccinated passengers, the world is a little smaller, unfortunately. And, um, but that could all change in the coming months. Mm. But I think vaccinations, it's like the old way we used to do things, Jerry. when you were travelling off on a safari or whatever, yeah. you had to have compulsory vaccinations. Yes. And if not, people who can't, maybe for medical reasons, they will have to take a PCR test.
2: OK, uh, another one in there. If we're flying this year, will we have to wear masks uh, on the flight?
1: Well, they're expecting that up until the 31st of March that is the case and we'll just have to see how this virus performs and what... The uh, health authorities in the different countries recommend and with the airlines.
2: Okay, I just renewed, just w- w- when you were in my mind today before I came down to present the show, I just went in and I clicked and I got a message from the HSE about my European travel vaccination pass and I've done what's needed online there and they say I'll have it I think to my phone or whatever within in a few days. It is so important isn't it to say to people who have been vaccinated, you need that don't you?
1: Oh you have to, you need yes. your, your cert. And and even people are a bit nervous about going in. In case their phones go dead with battery, always take a hard copy and a piece of paper just to have as a backup. Um, yeah, you need to have your vaccination certificates updated. And the one thing that we're finding with a lot of people, particularly the ladies, um, you know, your doctor or your medical certificate. Uh, records may be in your maiden name and your passport is in your marriage name they must meet, they must be mirror images of each other you can go online on the HSE website and go in and do a name change on it because your PPS number will be tracked to Mm. both your marriage and your maiden name
2: that's very, very important advice. I could see many people being caught with that, Sandra. Uh,
1: you, have, you have no idea. But I have to say the HSC backup facility on those vaccine certs, they're turning them around in 24 hours.
2: Now, talk about quick turnaround. I heard a story about a passport I'll tell you about in a moment. But obviously, with two years gone by, and you are always one for emphasising this, check your passports.
1: Yet the passport turnaround is fantastic. Like mm. I applied for a passport on a Monday evening at 4 o'clock and it was in my letterbox on a Wednesday morning. That's because I had a valid, valid passport. Even if it has expired, it's still okay if it's an adult's passport. A child's passport is a little slower. And an infant's passport is taken up to
2: three months. Right, so that's important to note. No, Eamon, a friend of mine, told me, like yourself, he got the pictures taken, uploaded them, his son uploaded them for them, sent them off on a Monday, and he had the passport in the door, in the letterbox, like yourself, 48 hours
1: yeah I know it's, it's super service just the ones that you have to watch is infant and children
2: ok so those take a little more time yeah. now what about travel insurance because people might have just left it aside you know what I'm talking about for the last couple of years said well we won't be travelling what's your advice there
1: ok my advice and, and sort of What we've spoken about here is a team in Globe Travel. Anyone that's booking a holiday, we sell them insurance at the time of booking. So you're automatically covered from the time of booking. Uh, The policy that we're selling is blue insurance Mm. and it has COVID cover. Now, some of, uh, going back to say for cruising holidays, some of the cruise companies, even though you have travel insurance, are requesting that you take uh, what they call like a bridging insurance with them. So, for example, MSC, they're charging clients €25 per person. So that will cover them for pre-testing prior to boarding. God forbid that they test positive, it will guarantee them a full refund.
2: That's important. I know people are nervous about cruises. What do you say? Because of the incidents there were and people not able to get off ships when there was a COVID outbreak?
1: No, absolutely. The crews have just put a serious amount of money and investment into the safety and cautious. You've just no idea the regulation with it. And we've had lots of people um, travel so far and everybody has gone on really, really well.
2: No, that's good to hear. And again just on capacity, a question in from a listener saying, we've been hearing that the airline capacities are going to be restricted for quite some time. Will this affect uh, flights?
1: Um... There's still, I would say, capacity is probably anywhere at about 85%. And obviously, until it comes back to full capacity, then the prices will start to come back down again because you're subsidising the seats that are not being used.
2: Good stuff, Sandra. And it's great to hear the phones hopping and your staff busy there in the background dealing with customers. Long may it continue. I have the cert sorted. I'll see you soon. Please do. Take care, Terry. <laughs> Take care, Sandra. Bye bye-bye. 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 That's Sandra Finnegan there from Globe Travel in Toronto with lots of sound advice there with travel opening up again for everybody. It's the one thing I have to say I really miss. Haven't been anywhere for the couple of years and uh, I just can't wait uh, to go on holiday again, especially to Italy where we absolutely love. So please, God, that will happen this year after the break. Yes, it's one thing that I really missed. But, you know, We've had to uh, move and twist and shake and do all those type of things through the last couple of years and we've done it. And and we've got by and we've uh, all done our very best and it's a great credit to everybody that has been the case but please god we move forward and uh, the world returns to a semblance of normality and that's all the world vulnerable countries that need the vaccinations because it must be tackled right across the globe even though ireland's moving forward and europe it looks like as well now many aspects of life and society have been severely impacted i don't have to remind you about that by covid and one area of entertainment that I've always loved from a child, from the youngest age, is circus. And a circus synonymous and associated with us here in the Northeast, is Duffy's Circus. And we've spoken uh, on a number of occasions in the past and during the last couple of years as well, when it looked like the very existence of Duffy's was threatened. And I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch, David Duffy. Hello again, David. Hi, yeah, uh, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me. Well, uh the sun is coming up, the brightness is appearing, would you agree? Are you looking forward? Ab- oh, absolutely. Uh yeah, no question about it. Uh I mean, <clears throat>
3: the last couple of uh, conversations that we've had over the last year and a half, obviously, uh, it was very grim. Uh there was a lot of times that we thought that we would actually never maybe get back on tour again but um we 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 got out uh, at the end of October we managed to do, um a couple of months and for very first christmas circus on uh, over in and that was absolutely brilliant we loved it. um we so we're, we're close.
2: David, we're just losing you there. You're breaking up. Can you move to a different spot or just... (laughs) Is that any better for you? Yeah, that's better there. Thanks. Uh, Go on ahead. All right. Okay, yeah,
3: so absolutely, since we've been chatting last, uh, things are a lot more brighter. Um, I'd say there was times that we thought that we were going to close and never never get open again. But look, I'm, we're not thinking like that uh, anymore. We were out for a couple of months. Uh, we did done our very first Christmas circus in Cala, uh which was brilliant. We all loved it. Um, and because we were able to keep all our artists either on the location with us or just across the road in the hotels, we were able to keep COVID at bay. So when all the pantos had to close down because of all the problems, we were able to keep open. And uh, so we're, we're back on tour now in two weeks' time, first time in two years, and hopefully we're going to keep going until end of October as normal.
2: Ah, there's nothing like the circus arriving early in the day, the noise of the big top going up, and all the colour and joy it brings. David, I, I just still, it makes me smile all these years later.
3: Ah, uh, look, um, you know what? <laughs> it makes us smile now as well, <laughs> yeah. because we really, really miss it. Uh, like, you know, when, when, when you've been born into it and you've been a performer and entertainer all your lives, uh we missed it. Like you know, we did miss the applause, we did miss the laughter, we missed the kids smiling, and we got that all back in spades over the Christmas. Um, there was a brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. People were all like again, people the public in general have been have been absolutely fantastic. Uh they've been really supportive, very encouraging. Um so uh yeah, I mean like um as I say there was there was a lot of dark days. Um, but 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 hopefully they're behind us. Like for everybody, mm. for everybody. So back on tour now in two weeks. Um, we're just doing a few more last little bits of, of maintenance, uh, getting things ready, and uh, and like and really looking forward to get back out on the road again.
2: You mentioned your performers and the way you accommodated them in the restricted times. Yeah. H- have they all stayed with you? Do you lose some? Do you bring in some new? You know what can we expect from Duffy's the new show this year?
3: Yeah, well no, um we were able to to keep some of our artists and we were um then able to bring in um a lot of new artists. Uh a lot of the artists actually we got them to arrive to us over the Christmas because they had lost their winter seasons uh in Europe, whether it was mm. Holland or Belgium. So they were contracted to come to us to open on February. So we said, Look guys, if you you know, if you're stuck um, and you're, you're, you've nothing uh, over there, like get over here so that you're ready. So we were able to rehearse and get like the, the new trapeze artists in um the new dancers in to get them all choreographed. Um, so the show, like I say, the show at Christmas was was uh, was absolutely brilliant because it was kind of a, a Christmas panto. Um, and now this year's show, we're, yeah, we're going to change. We, we, we found... There was a few things that we done over Christmas that really really worked um again actually with you know just with added effects with uh, with, with with lighting and with the dances and that so look it's really really i'm i i'm i'm uh, <clears throat> I've probably never been as excited <laughs> as I am now because you know it's it, um like being closed down for two years uh like it, it was bad. Like it was bad enough uh, for for the younger people. But when when you're 60, you kind of think, well, you know, am I going to be able to hack it again? Like mm. after being so uh, closed down so much. But um, I was, and I was really surprised how quick we kind of got back in the saddle. Mm. Uh, I thought it might have taken us maybe you know a couple of years even to try and get back up to where we were. But it, it didn't. I mean, within the first few days it was just like as if we'd never been away um so um it, it, like it, it's really really it's uh, it's all positive it's
2: oh all that's positive. great to hear david how's your dad
3: um my dad is still uh look he's still hanging on uh you know he's uh, he's been through like a lot of rough times as as we spoke about in the past and you know since he's been the R&P mount now uh, like he you know he's had a lot of infections he's had a couple of heart attacks he's had COVID twice but um, he's 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 still alive and kicking and every time we go into him then um, like we would show him photographs and videos of the show Uh, we would FaceTime him when uh, like during a show or something so that he can watch things and that and and that nests his spirit usually Um, so uh, um, I mean he, he you know that won't be leaving there but uh, he's he's in the best of hands at P Mount and been uh, been really well looked after.
2: Oh good to hear and pass on our regards because he's uh, like an institution when it comes to circus and circus families and of course I did mention at the start you are synonymous with us here in the North East have a huge relationship with this part of the country I take it we'll be seeing you in Loud and Meath over the coming months
3: Oh absolutely yeah um, for the uh, the start actually we're, we're heading over to Ennis um, and then Limerick for the mid term which is our normal run where, when we were on tour and then after that then we're, we're back over to Dublin and then we'll be uh, around the Meath uh, Loud area uh, again then later on in in the spring um but like while while I'm on um if I can say a really special thank you to uh Catherine Martin and, and her office and everybody in the department of culture it was a long hard road we weren't getting anywhere for 18 months but um at the end of the day they they you know they they really pu- uh, pushed the boat out for us and have helped us hugely uh um, in 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 getting back to where we are, so a huge huge thanks uh, to Minister Catherine Martin.
2: Credit where credit's due. Absolutely. Many many more years, decades and centuries of wonderful entertainment to Thank the Duffy you. family. Thank you for joining me, David, today. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank Take you. Take care bye. Of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. Capaldi brilliant brilliant, hold me while you wait that man is a real talent, he certainly is. thanks for your message, John. Hello, Jerry. I was in Redheesker Lake earlier today, and to my shock and surprise, the lake was full of dead fish. was wondering did anyone else see this or know what caused it. Um, anyway, we'll make inquiries, John, for sure, because I see there's a contact number there. I'm not sure who it comes under the auspices of. Perhaps it's the council, uh, Loud County Council, but we'll find out and we'll make a call on that one for you. I'm shocked to hear that because I, I am familiar with it. I've been down uh, with my granddaughter feeding the ducks there and it's a lovely walk and a lovely place and I know there's loads of coarse fish in the lake, but you've spotted lots of them dead in Rehesker. Anybody else uh, spot that? If you did, give us a shout. 086 1800 65 by WhatsApp or text. I'm sad to hear that but we'll follow up on that one for sure and another one there. Hi Jerry, what happened to Covid? 22 months lockdown all gone, non vaccinated people laughing, they can laugh away but the vaccination as you heard Paul Moyna say earlier on and I could totally agree with him, has saved the day and saved thousands of lives here and allowed us to emerge from it I'm on an oxygen and I stayed in isolation the whole time. I had to go to the hospital. It was shocking. I I was so afraid. I'm more terrified, Jerry, now than ever. What are the government playing at? Says Mary from Dunlea. Mary, I'm sorry to hear you're afraid, but. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do take care and we must all take care still. It's not gone away, you know, but uh, we are emerging, Mary. We certainly are. I will just say that to you today if it's any consolation. With the great opening up announced on Friday and now in full swing, we're continuing our feature on Late Lunch today on People and Groups who've been restricted for the last couple of years and who are looking forward to getting back to business. And choirs came to my mind. A lot of them did Zoom stuff on that, but it was very difficult for them to get together. And I'm joined now on Late Lunch by a good friend of mine, the musical director of St Peter's Male Voice Choir, Edward Holly. Hello again, Edward.
4: Hi there, Jerry. How are you?
2: I'm really good. Well, 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 it goes without saying, as I said, choirs have been really impacted this last couple of years. Really, Edward Barr, uh, you, I know you sing the main Mass in your home church, St Peter's, every Sunday with a limited crew. Was that it really for almost two years?
4: That's right. I think we did our Christmas concert with Celine Byrne um, in December 2019, and from what I recall, we were getting ready for a, a country show, which was to be a fun night for everybody. Uh, we just started rehearsing of that when the the infamous COVID came to town.
2: And that was that curtain down for some time. Did you ever expect it to be almost the guts of two years, Edward? I
4: don't think anyone did, yeah. did they really? No, mm. I don't think they did. We kind of thought a couple of weeks and then a couple of months, and then it just went on and on. And then I know there was one moment where we were nearly... It was one October where we were nearly able to get going again. Mm. And then all of a sudden the the next lockdown came, you know. So so that was that. Yeah. And choirs, you know, same with brass bands and all the rest. It's really tricky because, you know, they're spreading the virus through singing. It it, it traveled three to five meters and all those different things. So it it just wasn't safe for either audience or or choir members. Yeah.
2: That's interesting. Those big, booming voices. I never even considered that super spreaders, Edward.
4: (laughs) We could have been, but we weren't. No, yeah, we we just did. We decided to put everyone's safety first. Absolutely. And we, we did nothing. Um, the Zoom thing for choirs, eh, you know, sort of being there, done that, bought the T-shirt with Zoom. Uh, we didn't try it. And, you know, for us, singing was about being in the same room together. You know, the crack having fun. You know, it's just not, it just wasn't the same. And it wouldn't be, I, I mean, I taught piano on Zoom because I had to. Um, and and everyone got by, but uh, not not choirs, No, it was just no. It wasn't wasn't for us anyway.
2: Mm, and sad to say, you lost very many dear members of the choir during a number, quite a number during the last couple of years.
4: We did, yeah. I mean, every every member of the choir is like a, it's like a member of a family in St. Peter's Male Voice Choir, you know. And the most recent to pass away was uh, Oliver Plunkett. Lord rest So, who was massively instrumental in the choirs. Actually, the chorus 50th and 60th anniversaries, the 50th uh, anniversary trip to New York and the 60th anniversary uh, trip to Germany for that tour. And Oliver was amazing, and he was a real gentleman. And, you know, we we, we couldn't even sing at his mass. Um, well, we did sing outside on the steps, and um, we were able to pay tribute to him that way. So, and I, that was actually the first time we had sung in a very, very long time. Yeah, no, there was no rehearsing, no nothing. We just, um, you know straight onto the steps and saying to say goodbye to dear Oliver, yeah.
2: Doesn't that really sum up one aspect of the shocking times where people couldn't be mourned, funerals were restricted and imagine one of your colleagues you couldn't, which you'd normally do, uh, sing for them to bid farewell. It, it's shocking really to contemplate that. And as regards your weekly masses I mentioned there, it really you had to change tack there. You couldn't operate from the balcony at the back of the church, no? Yeah, the gallery is... Yeah, the gallery, sorry. The-
4: yeah, the gallery is just too small, um, so we decided that the par- St. Peter's Parish very kindly brought us a beautiful new instrument, a, lo- a very high-quality, portable instrument, and um, we now sing at the top of the church, across the opposite side of St, where St. Oliver's Head is, in St. Peter's Church, and we sing there on a Sunday, um, and it's been going really well. I mean, we have an average of 20 singers every Sunday, which is mm. more than normal anyway, so the guys are raring to go. We sang, we sang Christmas Mass, Christmas Eve, and um, Christmas Day. Um, and the congregation really enjoyed the music, we enjoyed singing, and, and then obviously people could listen in on the webcam, um, so we got great feedback from that, So and it was good for the guys to, to be able to go and sing, and they had... They've been so patient for so long, you know.
2: Yeah, and, and you it, know, I can only picture that when people get back to church in your presence and hear you. The webcams are fantastic, the Zooms are great, but there's nothing like to be in the presence of a choir as they perform. It's, it's absolutely marvellous. So, uh, with, with caution, proceeding forward in 22... Oh, absolutely.
4: Yeah, I mean, I already have a couple of ideas for concerts coming up. So as soon as it's safe to go ahead, which I think it probably is, that there's going to be news really soon on a St. Peter's Male Voice Choir concert. There's no question about that. It'll be really exciting. Absolutely. I mean, I think actually last year, uh, sorry, two, yeah, 2021 was supposed to be my 25th anniversary of conducting the choir because it was 25 years ago that Eugene Mooney Lord Reston handed me over the choir. So, you know, there's going to be a uh, sort of a celebration of, of sorts there as well, you know, for myself and, and for Eugene indeed. So, um, you know, so we, yeah, we just can't wait. Uh, we'll have lots of, uh, we'll have lots of local guests singing. Great. And the choir, the choir themselves and hopefully it's a nice uh, community thing, you know, for everyone yeah. to come in and feel safe. That's the most important thing when they come into the venue.
2: Edward, yeah, safe. Uh, I'm sure your massive following is looking forward to it. We wish you well. Watch this space for 22 and... Can't wait to hear you performing again with uh, the full choir and a lot happening with St. Peter's over the coming weeks and months. Thank you for joining me, Edward. Thank you so much, Jerry. You take care of yourself and hello to all your listeners. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we'll hear from the choir presently on the show. But another man who uh, we've uh, talked to on late lunch from way back, from we met him first when he came back to his wonderful playing with his magical guitar. He can make it talk and his career was blossoming. And then suddenly... It all stopped, but he's back and back with a bang. Pat Coldrick, great to have you back with us on the show.
5: Good afternoon, Jerry. Thanks for having me on.
2: Not at all. Well, you're hitting the ground running, young fella.
5: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it, 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 it's uh, there's a couple of little things happening, um, and, and um, I, I'm, I'm doing a concert in Kells uh, next month, and it's on the 19th of February in a place called the Book Market in Kells, and it's sold out already which which is fantastic because um, it just shows you that people are really dying to get out and hear live music again, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you know, all systems go and um, really going to be uh, looking around this year now and travelling around the country and booking a few theatres and sort of... Uh, Pick up where i where where I dropped off a couple of years ago before all this started. you know
2: mm, there have been so many stop starts, as you heard Edward saying there a moment ago. It's been really frustrating. But Pat, from speaking, you're today representing uh, the singers and performers uh, of the northeast and beyond this whole area uh, now, you know, as regards the vulnerability of musicians when something happens, that's something that really is going to come to the fore, isn't it over the the next while?
5: um yeah, um, we'll just see how it all goes. I mean, it, it, it's uh, baby steps now at the minute. Mm. We need to see how things uh, progress, and, and hopefully coming into the better weather, um, there's going to be, uh, please God, less spread of, of, of the virus. And, and Yes. Um, you know, I, I think we, are personally, I just have a good feeling about this, and I think we're over the worst of it. Um, the, the, these viruses seem to mutate, but the mutations get weaker and weaker. Um well we will we, we'll be all careful i think over the last two years we've become accustomed to all this and we've accepted all this and we're now all behaving quite well and um you know we we know how to deal with this virus now you know we we've all been very very careful and
2: Yeah, The the vulnerability I was talking about, Pat, was in terms of you having no income and, you know, no supports there. And we've talked to this to several people. You know what I'm getting at, that, you know, you have no... Like, some people can rely on the state for support and there were fantastic supports for many, many people. But you know what I'm talking about. You are a most vulnerable people when when something major hits. Yeah,
5: sorry about that. We are indeed, I mean, we depend on live audiences and... and, and, um, to make a living, and it has been absolutely devastating for the whole entertainment um, industry. Uh, literally, just out of pocket for the last two years, basically. Yeah. Mm. It's, 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 it's. it's been very, very difficult.
2: Yes, yeah, so uh, that is something yeah. I know that will, and, and there's a move to have that looked at uh, with uh, Minister Martin and the government again, and, and that is coming down the road. But look, Pat, you know, seriously, to get up in front of a, a full house and you're starting off in, in Kells, uh, you, that feeling, that feeling, you just, you know, you know what I'm talking about, that connection with the audience, that's, it's something yeah, special, mean, isn't that's
5: it? That's really, you know, that's really what's, what's um, been missing for most artists. I mean, if you talk to any artist, uh, there is nothing like a live performance, and it's more than just doing what they do. Um, it is a connection. It's a special, magical feeling that you have, and that you get when you're playing to a live audience and connecting with them. And yeah, and and um, it's it's magical. And and really, that's what's been missing—the whole spirit and soul of entertainment and music and live performance. Uh, it's it, 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 I've been saying it for years. Um, it's without realising it, it's a big part of our uh, biochemical makeup. Music is and. Um, it just helps us all resonate and uh, feel good. And it's 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 if you're you can listen to music, but when you're at a live music event, it's a totally different experience. And I'm missing that really for two years. It's 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 been tough, and um, I'm really looking forward to getting back playing and interacting with a live audience again. As I say to you, gigs now are going to be you know, coming back. And I, and I can see them all being full up because people are dying to get back yeah. to hearing music again and oh yeah, and, and feeling good, you
2: know. Oh, absolutely, Pat. Anyway, we just said we'd say hello to you today, being a good friend of ours. Wish you, you well. You're sold out in Kells, but watch this space. Pat Coldrick will be appearing up and down the country and back home too over the coming months in 2022. Thanks for joining us, Pat, and good wishes to you and all entertainers. Thank
5: you very much. Gary and uh, hello to all your listeners as well
2: thanks Pat thanks for taking our call this afternoon one of the real good guys Pat Coldrick there what a guitar player he is he's simply fantastic you're at late lunch On LMFM Radio, we've a good deed, a real good deed to tell you about after three in the show. You're right, John. The restrictions were lifted because so many people got vaccinated, Jerry, It's the ones who didn't, who delayed the opening up. It would have been lifted a long time ago. Thank you for that comment, John. Michael Hulhan's been on to me. Hello, Michael. Wish you well. Fantastic composer, musician. Michael was listening to our conversation there with uh, Pat Coldrick and he said just to let Um, artists know out there that uh, if you go to gov.ie there's a basic income for artists available a basic income for artists available on gov.ie but the closing date as michael says is the 27th of january so time is of the essence if you want to apply there michael i appreciate the call thank you for letting us know now many moons ago i can't remember when it was in this studio when we could all mix The studio was just packed here, and we had it set up. Eddie got it ready for us with all the recording equipment, and the boys came in with Edward Holly on the keyboard, and they played this most beautiful song for you. gentlemen of st peter's male voice choir oh by god that's something i've missed as well to hear them perform they're absolutely brilliant and a classic there noreen born and please god our entertainment of all shapes and forms will be back and we can go and enjoy an escape for a few hours with music song dance theater cinema you name it part of what we are isn't it it really really is Louise question for you today I'm going to put you on the spot hmm? are you ready I oh, know it's not <laughs> and that's <a> new I <laughs> know oh, it's not a difficult one today it's an easy one do you check your spam messages or do you ever look at your spam in your mails Very rarely. Yeah, I'd say Mm. most people are like that. Unless I'm
1: waiting for a mail and it doesn't come, then I'll check. Yes,
2: yes. And I think that is a point. Uh, And I'd be the same myself. Although I've got more used to it lately because I've missed a couple and, you know, I don't know why they've gone, but I've had to move them into my inbox of that as well. But did you hear about the woman in the States, Laura Spears? Um, She didn't check, like us. She never Mm. checked her spam and she was waiting for a work email one day and she went in or from a financial institution it may have been. And, um, When she went in, she spotted a mail from the lottery, the state lottery. And when she looked at it, they told her she'd won. She won £2.2 million. $3 million she'd won. And she might never have known or claimed it, but for that message she was looking for in her spam mail... Now, and a three
1: months could have expired.
2: All the time would have gone by. She says she couldn't believe, and this is her own words, I couldn't believe what I was reading. So I logged on. To, she obviously has a lottery account to confirm the message in the email. And she said she nearly fell off the chair <laughs> with... Shock and guess what? She now plans to retire early. Would you blame her? And to monitor her email, she's made a a, a promise to monitor her emails much more closely. It was a two dollar ticket, I think, and uh, that's one or three million dollars, isn't it? Something else. So there you go. On yeah, now,
1: just logging in here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You take it if you play the lottery online, yeah. you get the messages to your email, do you? you? Do, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So it's the same in this country?
1: Oh, it is, yeah. I don't know how it ended up in spam, but always on a Saturday evening they get, you have won email from the lottery and you go Ooh! and you think that's three euros always three euros <laughs> i don't even know why i bother it's always
2: three euros yeah our Kieran had a winning message all right for them last week with the big ticket with the big ticket and he said woo woo 12 euro 12, <laughs> euro, 12 euro 12 euro yeah but there you go it, it, it is, it's a real warning to people to check your spam because as they say it could be you roy hodgson has he rocks in his head go near Watford. <laughs> Good indeed, Watford. They've had more managers than I've had hot dinners in the last month or so. They're incredible. Anyway, good luck to him. He's a great man, Hudson. And uh, obviously, it's a drug, isn't it? Soccer management. Managing a big club in the Premier League. You just can't resist it. You really can't. Anyway, watch this space. Now... Bingo's back 9600 jackpot books available online lmfm.ie or across the northeast from a range of outlets in Louth and Meath the question today for the bingo books was duck and dive is the nickname for what number duck and dive 25 i was looking for thank you to everybody who joined in and sent us WhatsApp and messages? loads of you there. Anyway, five people are playing bingo on LMFM for two weeks for free, and they are Laura Grimes, Linda Healy, Pauline Conlon, Brian Smart, and Fergus Cullen. Well done to all of you. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements. And I hope you win with the free books. I really do. Now, my soundtrack this week is from the movie Top Gun film. I love, I have to say. First time I ever saw it, I just fell in love with it. Did you know, though, the movie came about as a result of an article that appeared way back in 1983 in an edition of California magazine. The article was called Top Guns. And it was written by Ehud Yone about the life of fighter pilots at Naval Air Station Miramar in San Diego. That's where the idea came from. The movie was produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson, who commissioned a number of writers to bring the story to the big screen. However, it wasn't straightforward. It took several iterations and a number of writers and drafts before it satisfied all concerned. Another important aspect, believe it or not, was working with the US military, in particular the Navy, in the making of the movie. And believe it or not, they really had their say on a number of the scenes in Top Gun and the characters portrayed ...in the movie. There were changes made there and quite a lot of them. Matthew Murdine, did you know this turned down the role of Pete Mitchell? Yes, he did and so it fell into the lap of Tom Cruise who was glad to play the part. Julianne Phillips was also lined up to play Charlie Blackwood opposite Cruise. But again it passed her by for whatever reason and Kelly McGillis became Mitchell's love interest. And today with this in mind... Here's that song that Pete tried to serenade Charlie with the first time he set eyes on her righteous brothers and Love and feeling from Top Gun magical scene that wasn't it and he didn't know who she was at that stage but there you go more about Top Gun in words and song round about this time tomorrow afternoon on the show up next Natalie Kelly joins us from Drawhada Dolls what a group they are they're unbelievable women they really are And they've done it again, and you're going to hear all about it next. I've had a number of you in touch with me about the Artists Grant, a basic income for artists, and it's send you out or give you the details I'll just mention it once more and thanks to Michael Holohan, who was in touch with us about this there is a basic income now available for all artists across the spectrum but the closing date for applying is the 27th of January this is very important the time is of the essence here on the 25th today you find out the information on gov.ie, gov.ie, and look for basic income for artists. And all the information is there, and you can make the application. The very good website that for guiding you through um, matters. So that's gov.ie, basic income for artists. Now, Charlie Bird touched the hearts of the nation with his story in recent times and also. Touched the heart of Natalie Kelly and her drawheaded dolls, and Natalie joins me on the line. Hello again. Hi, Jerry, how are you? I'm really good. Well, you've only gone and done it again with the dolls. Tell them what you decided. You were like the rest of us. It'd take a tear from a stone, Charlie story, wouldn't it? No, I think
6: there's just something about his eyes and everything. And I think what Leslie me at me, was saying everyone has their own little maidens and things. you know in their life like both physical and mental and he was kind of doing it on behalf of everybody like so i don't know i just really felt like everybody that watched i think felt the same you know Mm,
2: and you decided to do something about this or to uh you know make have a gesture make a gesture do something that would you know do something for him tell us what you did
6: so I was thinking like, I was trying to think of ways that we could support him. And obviously he has his campaign. It's dot uh, And he's raising money for the motor neurons, which is um, the IMNDA and then PA House. house. Um, and I was trying to think of ways, like obviously we could all just, you know, go to you and pass and give them the money as well. Like, but um, I was just to give him like kind of a boost uh, and that the whole town was thinking of them. So um, I had an idea to send him a message different like our town is so beautiful and i was trying to think of different areas that we could um send him the message from so just uh, the message i want to send him was that we were with with him so we are with you charlie and uh, obviously it's drada so it was drada is with you charlie and uh yeah i i was so lucky that i had the lovely anthony murphy who um had done the lights for lives um On Peter's step, he'd done the drone footage for me for that. Mm. And I got to meet him at that uh, through a friend, a mutual friend, Fiona. And, um, yeah, and I had asked him, look, would you mind getting on board with with my idea? And, uh, yeah, he was all for it. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of planning and stuff to get the right, you know. uh, We went out to Port Beach and we had to get high tide for it to look well on the drone. And um, so we had to wait for a high tide and then obviously we put out all the stones and we had written drahada is for that particular shot. And then the next one I had asked the lovely children from uh, St. Paul's Senior National School. So um, we had done a Christmas fundraiser with uh, the NYX GFC there on the Rathmullen Road. And uh, I'd been talking to Desi McDonald, the um, chairperson there, and I was telling him my idea and he said, like, what about, you know, um, the t- using the children, because I was initially going to use the, the dolls maybe to do it. But, um, yeah, the teacher there, Barry Murphy in St. Paul's National School, very generously lent us 131 children one lunchtime. And uh, we were down to the pitch there. Um, we had with you, and they stood on the letters to do with you, you know, and the drone came down and took footage of them. And then the last one was Charlie, his name, and we, myself and Anthony went up to Highfield. Um, which is a beautiful. I I was never there before, and it overlooks the whole town. Mm. And it was just a really gorgeous night that night. And we put uh, almost a thousand candles out for, uh, with Charlie's name, and the dawn footage then was taken by Anthony. He's so, super scared at what he does, like, and it just came it came through really well then on the video, you know.
2: Yeah. So, so you combined just, uh, you combined the three: the beach, the yeah. children, and uh, the evening footage into a most marvelous. Uh, little piece that you know really got the message across and you sent it to him at Natalie
6: yeah we sent it well actually um, we had uh, Debbie had put me in touch with um, his PRO yeah and uh, he had said look he had reached out to me and said look you know if you want to send a video to me so Charlie can see it before it kind of goes out there Mm. and uh, yeah and his his wife Claire had a very kindly taking a video of him watching it for the first time and being very emotional and like it's very emotional to watch but it's obviously a very private moment too so um, but yeah and he then responded on Twitter um, with uh, saying that it moved him to tears but tears of joy like and uh, in response he'd love to come down to Drada to meet everybody and to thank <laughs> people so yeah it was really good like, uh, like highlighting his charity, which is the main thing like um, yes, and yes. just showing him our support
2: and where can people watch this today? Just tell us, Natalie.
6: So it's on the, Draw the Dolls' original Instagram account. It's on the, Draw the Dolls' Facebook account. I think the Draw the leader have it up today on their, um, their yeah. Facebook account. It's on Twitter. On Anna and Charlie Boyd shared it a few times, and then it's on the, Draw the Dolls' Twitter account. And then Antony has a huge mystical island. Um, he has it on uh, Mythical Island. Sorry, to say Mythical. Mythical Island. He has it on YouTube, so you can view it there as well. If you just type in Charlie Bird Goddard, yeah. or something like that, it, it comes up. You'll
2: there. get it there. You'll get yeah. it there. Oh, it's 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 a wonderful collaboration between yourselves, the school, the football club. Anthony and Mythical Ireland—it's just all come together, and you know, fantastic. Like Charlie's reaction—you gave him the chance. It's like seeing a preview of a movie. He saw it first, and he was just so moved. And now it's all over the place. And he's coming—he's coming to visit, is he? yeah
6: yeah. And um, so, like, we don't know the exact date yet, um, but um, it'll be in the next couple of weeks, and probably more than likely at St. Nick's. You know at the GFC, hopefully I can get uh, the kids to come and greet him as well from a distance perhaps, but, mm. um, you know, we'll put on something for him and to make him feel special and hopefully myself um, and so the daughter Dolls and we did a Christmas fundraiser with the Phoenix GFC and we have um, decided to give 500 each from each uh, of, of, you know, each community or each group um, so, we've a tightened order for him, um, to give them on the day as well. Mm. And also, um, there's a book in St. Nick's, and if you wanted to, so it's 7k up, um, Patch, we can 7k down. Obviously, you have to go up, you have to, to go down, Like so it's 14k altogether. So, if you wanted to support uh, Charlie, you can write your name in the book, and then hopefully, we can give him the book when he does come down. So, just for the people that did kilometers for you and in support of you you know because not everyone's going to get to go on the second of april to do it with him okay But you can that's one thing you keep saying is you can do your own in your own town or your own you know your own miles or whatever
2: perfect (laughs) perfect perfect listen you've hit the nail on the head again and you've done real good and you've lifted his spirits it really is special and i just wanted to acknowledge it with you today natalie
6: Thanks, Terry. Thanks for
2: having me. Not at all. Thanks for joining us. We'll be talking to right. you again you. soon. Bye-bye. That's Natalie Kelly Bye-bye. there. Bye from the Drawhood Dolls. Oh, that's a lovely thing. Check it out. You'll 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 be moved by it. I promise you. That's a lot today. White goods. Can you fix them? Yes, you can. Find out tomorrow on Late launch. Data privacy more important than ever at this time. Professor Roseanne Kenny's with me to talk about aging well. And the Classical is back. All coming your way tomorrow on Late Lunch. Eddie Caffrey's up next on LMFM Radio. Stay with us, but we leave you today in the company of Dermot Kennedy. See you tomorrow.
3: When did we stop? Just say the word
2: and I'll be
3: yours.
2: You know I never forgot. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, draw and dog cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster
1: or the all-new Dacia Sendero and Stepway. Guarantee delivery and low-rate
2: APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie.